0: Learn more at uscellular.com slash us.
1: Welcome to The Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker Jojo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Drop on the roll,
2: sideline. Accepted, JoJo Doman, And Nebraska forces the first turnover on the game. CJ stride over the middle and incomplete. I tell you what, JoJo Doman laying out. He's had an excellent first half. I mean he's been all over, he's been the MVP for Nebraska so far, laying out there right hand. And pointing at Oscar defenders. From their own 31, snap back Stroud, looking to throw. Sets, throws, passes, oh. nearly intercepted. Nearly picked off. JoJo Doman was out there at the 40. The signals. Turn, give it off to Horvath, gets hit, but knock. He Short. didn't get it, he didn't get it. Huskers will take over with 20 seconds left before halftime. Caleb Tanner, JoJo Doman, knock him down. Yes!
1: Uh, JoJo's playing hurt right now, too, and made a decision to play today because he loves his team and his coaches. I don't know what decision he'll make going forward, but it won't be because he's opting out. I don't see that happening with our guy.
0: And welcome here to this edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Dolman, Nebraska, a 26-17 loser to Ohio State here over the weekend, and you just heard uh, quite the montage there of JoJo Dolman and, and the game that he put together For the Huskers on Saturday, and you also heard Coach Frost uh, on the record say JoJo was playing injured and has a decision to make. And um, you know this is a a show to celebrate a career of JoJo DoMan, but also a very tough show JoJo because um, I I think as you were playing that game in Memorial Stadium, I I think it probably set in that this is your last time on that field.
3: Yeah, that was the last time I, I play. I'll be suited up for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, it was absolutely surreal and it was extremely emotional. I mean, all week it was, it was emotional. It was hard. I, I can't believe it's gotten to this point, um, from me just being an 18 year old kid and now being 24, uh, still, uh, playing for this program. I mean, the, the kid in me wants to play for Nebraska for the my, the rest of my life.
0: And Joe, um, you, you know, we talked during the week and I knew something, you know, was up because we normally tape at a certain time and, and we had to kind of keep moving around when we did the show because of doctor's appointments and things that you had going on. Now that you know things are behind us, let everybody know kind of what the last week was like for you, the decisions that you were faced with. Um because this is this is clearly a medical thing. You're gonna be in surgery on Monday and and you had to make a decision, do I play one more game at Nebraska and maybe risk further injury? Um, or do I just shut it down? And you obviously chose to play this final game with the risk of maybe potential more injury.
3: That's right. Um, so basically on the first drive versus Purdue, I hit my hand uh, on a helmet and ruptured the extensor tendon in my middle metacarpal and in my middle finger on my left hand. And so, I mean, I remember looking down at my hand in the game and, like, my, my, my knuckle was, like, dislocated. And I was just like, oh, that's not good. And I kind of just like, you know, wiggled my fingers around until it popped back into place. Um, And then I just forgot about it and just played the rest of the game. And then on Sunday, I got it evaluated. And then Monday, I got some MRIs um, and met with uh, Colin over with Nebraska uh, Orthopedic. And that's when I was basically faced with this situation of I need surgery and sooner rather than later is the best. I mean the sooner I get it, the the less damage it will be. It'll be more of a repair and the longer I wait, the more of a chance I could I could mess it up more and it'd be more of a reconstruction, which all um plays a role in the rehab time. So I was faced with that decision on Tuesday. And I mean I was that was tough to just be in that space and, and for everything to kinda like come to this point in time like I didn't feel like I was ready to make that decision. Like I'm definitely not ready to to let go of this place, and, and I'm just so you know I'm just so thankful for my time here. I don't ever want it to end.
0: Yeah, when you're like a 20 year old sophomore, maybe your thoughts a little different. But you're a 24 year old, six year senior, and I mean, there's probably a lot on your mind because you've been through major injuries and you've had two two knees here at Nebraska. Is that correct? Yeah, and you know other things you've dealt with, so you understand. <laughs> You know, these aren't easy to come back from. Right. Um, you know, and, and kind of just go into your conversations with the coaches throughout the week and kind of what led you to want to play one more game. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, the coaches just needed to know. I mean, Ch- I had a conversation with Chins, and he just needed to know, like, who do I start preparing for, who am I game planning with, um, which obviously is understandable. And on, I decided on Wednesday that I was going to go. And my decision in, into going was one. I needed. I felt like I needed closure. Um, I didn't want to end on those terms against Purdue, um, and I wanted to know when my last game was. I was prepared for it to be against Iowa, and for that to be cut short. Like I just needed some closure um, for myself, and then I also just didn't feel it. Didn't feel it. Didn't sit right in my body to to leave the black shirts like that. To leave Isaac Gifford out there with three days' notice against the number one offense in the country, Um, it just didn't sit
0: right. So that's kind of what went into the decision to play. And you you still plan to be around too. I mean, you know, there's senior waivers where you can travel. So ideally, you're going to be at Wisconsin with the team. It's not like this is an opt out deal. And I I think we want to make this very clear: like you're having surgery Monday. And you you know, it this is a, a medical decision, obviously, um, for the best interest of your of your of your football future.
3: That's right. Yeah, it is medically advised. Um, I just need to get it done so that I can carry on and and, and with my football career and, and just do what's best for me in this in this moment. And I mean, I just I hope that everyone listening, that everyone that's seen me play knows that I left everything that I had out on that field and for this program and that um just because like my season's two games short doesn't negate the fact that I gave everything I had um, and that I want to be out there.
0: Well, Joe, I think everybody that watched that game, especially now that they know you were playing hurt, I mean, I think he even has more respect for you because you arguably played one of your best games against the best team in the country going into surgery on Monday.
3: Yeah, that was insane just because I didn't didn't practice a whole lot all week. It was a big mental week, and I had to overcome the doubt um, and fear in my mind. And it's what I preach on this show. It's what I preach um, to myself. And it's what it's what I'm just about, and it was like it was an opportunity for me to embody it, to to live it, and yeah, the opportunities came my way. Like I'm just, I was in the right place at the right time with the right mindset, and even when like that first uh, pick hit me in the chest and dropped, like it just it it locked me in that much more because I knew it wasn't, um, that's not the way this is going. And it just goes to show, like what is for you is for you. That same drive, I made a, a harder, arguably a harder interception later in the ground, in the drive. So, like what is for you is for you, and there's nothing I can do or anything, anybody else can do to take that away. Well, and from I think you.
0: people listening are wondering how can you play a game like that knowing that you're going to have to have surgery. I mean, I mean, how, how does a guy get himself ready to play um, to do that? And you know, I'm guessing by the second half, you know, you, you, the pain really started to feel.
3: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a big mental week, and then uh, I took like a local painkiller for my hand um, before the game. So uh, that that was honestly how I was able to get through the the physicality portion and the pain portion was I had a like I had a I had a block in there. So, but like even after the block, like I had to mentally like I was looking at my finger before the game and I was wiggling it, and then I grabbed like a football and I'm like palming the football and I'm like. You can't feel it, really. I'm visualizing catching the football, and while I'm holding the football, I can't feel my hand. I can I can move it, and I have control over it, but I can't feel it. And I had to just, you know, I had to tell it. I had to, I had to create that narrow pathway from my brain to my finger. Like, you can do everything that you need to do. You know, just kind of trying to reinforce that.
0: Wow. Well, we're going to continue this conversation later. You've got a bunch of guests here, Joe, in the studio that we're going to get to. And uh, I forgot to throw a shout out here to our, our sponsor, Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate. Um, and, and each week here, as you know, on the show, we do the Husker Heartbeat Give Back. This past week um, was the, um, the, the the gift back to the uh, Sam Foltz Foundation. Uh, we are on a bye week. Um, so this is just a reminder of all the things we do each week. We give $1,000 between Edgewater Insurance and JoJo Doman. Uh, to a different uh, charity group of its choice. Um, We've done everything from Compassion International, fill the stadium, pro football camp, scholarship fund, Angels Among Us, Youth for Christ, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Cure Search, uh, Kai Nolan, um, uh, a young um, cancer patient in Colorado that JoJo was very close to, and we started off with the Team Jack Foundation. Uh, Once again, that's the Husker Heartbeat Give Back each week, which is a part of the Beat Podcast here with JoJo Dolan. But much more to come as uh, we've got a full studio of close friends of Jojo Dolman that are going to join us next. You're listening here to The Beat. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
2: You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Dolman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
0: And welcome back here to The Beat. As you heard, uh, Jojo Dolman uh, announced uh, having surgery this week and his uh, time as a Husker officially done as um, he'll uh, continue to be around the program and the team, but we'll have surgery here this week to to recover his hand injury. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, but this segment of The Beat JoJo is brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, and uh, that's where you kind of had your your postgame meal, and it sounds like you had a great experience at Tanner's on on Saturday after the Ohio State game.
3: Yeah, we did. They took care of us. They had, like four orders of the hot lip
0: quesadillas when we got to the
3: table cassie
0: coming through dude she's so nice it was awesome that's tanner sports bar and grill 30th in yankee hill road check them out proud segment sponsor here of the beat um and joe you've got a full studio of guys here and i'm gonna let you uh take the introductions from here as uh, you've got three guests um joining you here for the next few segments thanks sean yeah dude this is a this is a special
3: segment for me uh in this point in time, I got Johnny Raritan, Brian Brokop, two former offensive linemen for the Huskers in the 2016 class that have been my rock since I've been here. And then I also got my hometown hero, Colin Willis, who played with me at Pine Creek High School and then played a little bit of football at Troy University. Boys, good to have you on.
4: Good to be here. Good to be here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Thank you for having us.
3: Yeah. When I thought about the pod this week, I just thought about, man, I I just, I kind of just want to get caught in the act of being myself with my people and uh, y'all know me better than literally anybody else. So I just thought y'all would be able to give good perspectives to our listeners that uh, just want to know more about me and and, and what's going on here and just, and just maybe soak up some wisdom that we have to offer. So, uh yeah let's do this i mean first and foremost what did y'all think of the game yesterday
5: bro i don't even know i was going crazy the whole entire time because it was it was so close the whole entire game like i mean y'all were in it y'all were ready to fight the whole entire time so i loved it every, every minute
4: yeah it was definitely a really good game and you could tell you that you were you know you had your emotions on your sleeve throughout that whole game and uh you know you gave your heart to it and uh it was it was something special
1: to watch it was. It was. A, it was a pleasure. It was an honor to watch. <laughs> Hell yeah! I just love watching Craig JoJo's dad. <laughs> games. Uh, dude, dude, dude really cares about his kids and, and cares about their performance. I mean, he's, you know, bad things are happening. And he's standing up, going to the stands immediately, grabbing cokes. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely an up and down game. Not but JoJo put his put his best work out there. I thought. Dude, and, and Johnny,
3: you specifically were with me all week, and you yeah. kind of felt the weight of, of everything going on in my life. I don't know, maybe just speak on, on how that was for you and, and what you interpreted.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, nobody's more critical of your actions than yourself, probably. Like, definitely, you're your biggest critic, and... um you know something that a lot of athletes you know might not have is that ability to question your decisions from a moral standpoint and I don't know just from my perspective like the whole week it was a complete moral conundrum like you know hoping for scenarios that would let you to keep playing and then realizing that you you really just just couldn't like this really had to be your last game and you know, just from the outside looking in, like, I saw that perspective, like, fold over, and it and it was a genuine one. Mm, I appreciate that, bro. Um,
3: bro Cop, I mean, you came in from uh, from West Lafayette just to see my final game,
4: bro. What was that like, and what was the anticipation like? I had to, had to, had to be here. Um, it was, you know, it was emotional. Not, not. I mean, I know it was emotional for you, but it was emotional for me, too. I think it was emotional for all of us. Um, You know, seeing what you were going through and how mentally taxing this was on you, like it wasn't an easy decision, um, you know, I'm sure you lost sleep over it, um, but for me personally, um, it was, it was a, it was a very special moment to see you in your element and to see you giving 110%, but just living and breathing your truth and, you know, out on the field and, um, it was, it was very special. You know you're gonna do big things, and there's a bright future ahead of you. But you're always gonna be a Nebraska boy at heart. You know, really, yeah. This is where you, this is where you grew up. You know, this is where you became a man, and this is where you got to mature into, yeah. you know, the human and the man you are today. So, uh, you know, it was it was very special. It's very special. Appreciate that, dog. And then Willis driving all the way out
3: from CEO, bro.
5: Seven-hour drive, man. It was I don't know. It was just a real like being there and seeing you play, cause. I just remember keep going back to like that week that you Facetime me that week, and I just remember you asking like me and Brock like, should I play or should I just like, uh, like stay and do all this other stuff. And so like, seeing you have to make that big boy decision, especially like when you're playing football, you don't ever expect like you have to make huge decisions like that because you it's you've been playing it since you were like a boy, so it's not like.
3: I just show up and play.
5: Exactly. That's how it feels like. But now you have your whole career in front of you, and you got to start thinking about it like what's best for my like career standpoint, like what's next for me type of deal. And, uh, yeah, just it was surreal, like knowing that it was your last game and that I could go to it. Uh, and, yeah, I was just – I was hyped the whole entire seven hours. It was worth it. And I remember uh, our friend Harrison, he, like, tried to mess with me right before. He was like, hey, man, I can't go. Like you're just going to have to – do it on your own. And I was fully prepared to do <laughs> oh, seven hours by myself just to see you play your last Let's game like, you right I, was, I was, was getting my mind ready. He was yanking your chain. <laughs> yeah. <literally>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just seeing you and like knowing just your thought process and like how focused you can really get on stuff. Like, I knew your your mindset just had to be different this game.
3: It was. Just mm-hmm. it time. seriously was. And like I thought I mean, all year I've I've reached like a whole new level of like tapping in um, in my preparation, in my training, and then like being present in the moment. Those three hours that I get to display my gifts and talents and and play for something bigger than myself, like that is so special, but it's so condensed. And like everything outside of those moments dictate how you play and, and how you think in those moments. And I was on another level on saturday and you could tell yeah definitely. you could tell and it it was crazy because i thought i was tapped in but here i am tapping into a whole nother frequency a higher frequency it was amazing it was mm-hmm. it was unbelievable and I'm, I'm, I'm and i feel i feel content and i feel right um about this decision and and how how it unfolded because on tuesday and wednesday and thursday like i was second guessing it i was worrying about it I was anxious about it, you know, not knowing, like just wanting to go out um, on a high note, and I feel like I did. So it's
1: kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy though, like how, like at the snap of the at the snap of the ball, like all those things, like don't matter for a certain time, and like that's sort of like the beauty of the game, and like a lot of guys, some guys, don't play for that, and, like don't realize that they're playing for that. But it's like, you know, somebody that's gone through the amount of adversity that you've gone through might be inclined to have hung up the cleats by now. Yeah. But it's like that that feeling of like everything going away when when play starts is like, you know, for me, outwardly looking upon your career, like one of the reasons you're in it, it's just surely for the love of the game. And that shows. Hey Amen,
3: yes
0: it does. Well, hey boys, we're gonna pick this back up. In the next segment. All right, much more to come here. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman.
2: You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
0: And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate handling all of your local insurance and real estate needs, but... This segment of the program brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake Road. Uh, they officially dressed the Nebraska football team. Joe, I saw you guys rocking those Gary Michael suits, and you're going in. Um, are you going in this week? This week to get your uh, your kind of more custom order.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody mentioned that I should get my draft day suit, <laughs> and I was like, "Shit, yeah, that's a good idea." Well, you got yeah, you got a, you got some options. I mean, what, what kind of suit are you looking to get, dude? Something something out there, like some light blue flashy lights. So you're going flashy. You're not you're not going to play it safe. Well, I, I'm getting two of them, so I'll go one like you know church suit, yeah, more or less, and then another like step out suit
0: well that's gary michaels clothiers proud segment sponsor here of the beat podcast but joe is going to pick things back up here with the guys as take it away yeah and we are back with b bro
3: johnny roe c Willie. yes sir my people and let's give let's give the you our listeners like a little more in-depth on on who i am talking to right now b bro and johnny Twenty sixteen class, we met the first week. Who was who committed first between you guys?
4: It was me. I committed um before the Illinois game of was it twenty was that twenty fourteen or was that twenty fifteen?
1: Shoot. I think it was twenty fourteen. Twenty
4: fourteen, yeah. I committed before the game. Jeez. John committed after. Um
1: what took you so long, John? Well, you know, I was just weighing my options, you know, I had Stanford to consider, and I guess I just needed those four quarters, you know, to really lock in the Nebraska commit.
3: No doubt. Johnny, dude, do you mind telling our listeners what your first interaction with me was?
1: No, not at all. Um, so I'm, uh, showed up on campus and, you know, I'm with my family, um, they're helping me move into my dorm, uh, Sellick. uh, you know, the, the night before I had left home, you know, it was, it was a pretty, uh, fun night I would say with my friends. Um, but you know, the type of night that takes a little bit of a cost the next day, if you know what I mean. Gotcha. Um, so I'm not really in the mood to be dealing with someone like Jojo, but here comes Jojo sprinting into my life, into my dorm room touching everything he can find, like, oh, dude, this is sick, this is sick, setup. up. <laughs> and then, you know, as quick as he comes in, he's gone. And, like, me and my brother look at each other like, what the heck? Like, who is, the, who is this kid that just came into my room? And, you know, sure enough, over the following weeks, we just sort of, like, hit it off. I think JoJo saw me sitting with some gymnasts, at, you know, at student orientation and was like, I want to see what that's all about. True story. Um. But yeah, that was our first interaction. No
3: doubt, mm-hmm. dude. That's I mean, I come on strong. That's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Willis, bro, kind of give our listeners. You you play with me in high school. We won Yay. two state championships together. We did all. We we made each other better. I mean, you were, you Brock and Pete are like a huge reason. Um, oh, yeah. I developed the way that I did. Kind of touch on on what what that experience was like.
5: Uh, it was a crazy three years, I'd say, just because, like John said, man, your personality especially in high school, you were just everywhere, yeah, definitely. nonstop. So like you, you kind of had to always be willing to like, just uh, put yourself out there if I'm around Joe, like not be afraid to act like an idiot because he's gonna act like an idiot. I'm, yeah, I'm too. gonna go crazy. <laughs> so I just remember always doing that and like everything was just high intensity and like just so fun. We'd always put all of our energy into everything we did. So what were I some I of the
3: things from, that we did? Uh,
5: biggest thing I think is the gymnastics that was the biggest thing that probably changed our life the most for like I don't know maybe six months straight we would just hang out every day after school and go to this uh, mr. Z mr. Z he was At the art sports art, yeah art sports and like it was just like this like hybrid training of football and gymnastics just to get ourselves like that much better do what we can yeah but we didn't even notice that we were working that hard, like it did not feel like a job any time,
3: honestly. We, we, I mean, we competed against each other. We're doing like uh wall handstand walks where we're, we're doing a handstand against the wall and we're going like, I'm talking like 30 yards down one way, 30 yards back and we're like keeping track of our progress. So like week one, like none of us, maybe Pete made it all the way down. And by like week 10, like we're all going down and back and we're on trampolines, like, Four corners trampolines were all jumping on trampolines with a football and like we're throwing passes to each other midair on the Way up on the way down at the top and just like the body control was insane And we were just having the time of our lives and I don't think we realized yeah We saw the progress like in what we were doing like in the gymnasium But then we really didn't know until we hit the field and we're just making insane plays. PD <laughs> ice is catching touchdowns.
4: I'm going crazy. Willis is going crazy Brock's going crazy it was unbelievable i think i think too um just speaking on you know you colorado boys it kind of seems like all you guys that came from creek you know you colin pete y'all y'all attack everything you do with an intensity Uh, you can't even play catch in in the street without you know getting sweaty and going full out (laughs) right you know i think that probably translated too just because everything you do whether it's playing catch like i said playing spike ball like it doesn't matter you go full out into balls to the wall so
3: yeah no doubt dude i've tried to win at everything that i do and why not go hard i mean it's kind of we talked about this um it's like a predisposition like in football like when you're running when you're running out for a pass and let's say the pass is like you know a yard in front of you like you're either laying out or you're not and you're not you didn't decide to lay out in the moment it was a predisposition you knew you were going to lay out it's almost like you want the ball to be overthrown
1: yeah it's more about the times when like the ball is not overthrown and you just catch it but like in your head are you ready for that scenario or do you want it to happen like me personally like whenever i'm even playing catch with the boys like i want to be overthrown and i'm ready for that (laughs) and i'm hoping that i get a dive and you're not going to do that though like in a game setting you're not going to do that unless in your head you've laid out for the ball a thousand times
3: right so let's transition a little bit um to each of our unique football experiences and um, football as a teacher. I mean, football's a game, but it also has taught us all unique things about ourselves and, and, and brought out things. In um, no order, just how how do you feel like football's helped you grow as a man and, and what part of you did football help you find?
4: Yeah, definitely, I, mean, I can speak on this first. Um, you know, my career was pretty short um, you know, like I said, came in, I uh, came in under Pelini, uh, I played under Riley, and then I played one spring under Frost Staff and um, so making that transition away from the game, I got to stay on, finish out my schooling, but um, finding myself, and you know, myself away from the game of football, and I, I found out that me personally, I was about my people, I was about my friends and my family, and that, that was a huge reason to stay, and to find my personal growth, and um... Pour pour into my people. You know, I was still around the team. I was still, you know, meeting n- new new teammates and you know, right. guys coming in. So um, you know, I, I definitely had to grow and find myself away from the game, and it was hard at first. But um, with the support of you know my family and my friends and Johnny and everyone that you know we have at the Com Shack, yeah, you know, the house that we called it. But um, it was it was it was huge. And, no you know, doubt. I remember. I mean. For you specifically, like
3: everything that you knew was coming to an end and you were kind of getting pushed. You were getting pushed out Mm -hmm. um, and you were forced like it was not on your own terms. Like you were forced to transfer and play at a smaller school or stay. And and do you remember what went into that decision?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, like like Joe said, I could have went and played somewhere else or, you know, I could stay and continue to pour into what mattered to me most and that was, you know, you and John and, you know, people that were here in Nebraska. So, um, huge decision to walk away from the game of football, but ultimately, I I would do it again, just because of, you know, the relationships that I made and, you know, the progress I made as an individual and just as a man, you know, like I said earlier, um, we've been here for five years and, you know, the growth that we've went through, um, just watching each other grow and helping each other grow. Yeah, um, It's it, it's something that you can't take back. And so, like I said, I, I would do it again.
3: It sounds cliche, but it's not about the place. It's about the people. And that's definitely why you stayed. And, and, and man, has, has my life reaped the benefits from that.
0: All right, we're gonna pick this up for one more segment with the guys. You're listening here to The Beat with Jojo Doman.
2: You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
0: And we're back here on The Beat, on Callahan, Jojo Doman. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, handling all of your insurance and real estate needs from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. That's Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, the proud title sponsor here all season long of The Beat Podcast. With this segment of the show brought to you by s Fence, Um, located in both Omaha and Lincoln, handling all of your residential and commercial fencing needs for your best defense in the game. Check out S&W Fence in Omaha and Lincoln. But, Joe, you've got one more segment here with these guys. I'm going to let you have it uh, as you wrap it up. Let's do it. Yeah, let's keep this thought
3: stream going here um, about uh, football and how it's uniquely had a different impact on each of our lives. Willis.
5: Yeah. So as far as football, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that has taught me is just the amount of work and effort that life just comes with. Like, um, just because you have to, literally everything that you've earned on the football field, you have to work for it outside the football field, and you have to put in those extra hours, or else it doesn't really equate. I mean, you can have uh, you can have all the time and talent in the world, but if you don't hone it and if you don't constantly like day day in and day out let you know God and the universe know that like this is what I want this is what I'm chasing after and then you act accordingly then it's not going to get done and I think that the biggest thing especially when I went to college and went to Alabama and was a walk-on and I everything that I was playing football for was completely just like gone washed away like I didn't have the friends and the community and like I was completely different than everybody else that I was around I really had to sit down with myself and like ask myself, like, why am I doing football? Like, why am I doing this? And it really took me a while to, like, really find the value in why I was going through all the crap that I was going through. Because it's not easy. It's never an easy process. Um, But I think just the perseverance and the strength that I got just from playing football in itself and, like, understanding, like, stuff will happen to you. Like, adversity is going to come to you no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work for it. Um, so you just always have to be prepared and just mentally resilient or else you're going to go to crash
4: do you feel like that transitioned into your life after the game you know? oh 100% 100% i feel
5: like the biggest thing that i've learned in the season that i've uh, been in is just uh, the only you'll get in what you take out of whatever you whatever situation you're in so if i'm willing to put 100% of my effort through what I'm doing and I believe 100% of what I'm doing, then it'll it'll eventually turn out for me good, right? But if I am not committed, if I'm not there mentally 100%, then it's not going to work out for me. You can wish and pray all you want, but it's all about that commitment, that effort that you're willing to put in and having that faith to be like, okay, if I do put in my whole entire effort, everything I got and I still fail, Like, do I have the confidence enough to get back up and do it again? And do I have enough faith in myself and within God to like, to know that it's going to work out? Like it's going to, you have the plan. You know what I mean? That's the biggest. How
3: I think about it is like, you can pray for strength all you want, but until you embody strength, until you believe you're strong, uh, circumstances and situations will come up that, that require strength. And until you believe you're strong, you won't be strong, no matter how much you've You've thought about it or asked for it, uh, and it has to come from within. Um, it's same with like an interception. Like I want an interception really bad, like I swear I do. But wanting it's not enough. Um, I got to you know I have to take the appropriate actions all week. I have to mentally rehearse it, physically rehearse it so many times to where when it's there, I capitalize on it. So those are my thoughts on that. Johnny. Johnny's got a very interesting football career.
1: Yeah, um, so I played here for four years. Um, recruited just like Bro Cop, recruited by uh, recruited by Pelini. Pelini, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and then played for Riley and played for Frost. And I guess the one of the probably the most important thing that came out of my football experience was that it didn't go the way I wanted to. Um, and when I noticed going it the way I wanted to for, for a while, um, it was super easy for me to point my finger around this campus and, you know, not take personal responsibility for it. And fortunately for, fortunately for me, like I was lucky enough to have Jojo and Bri there with me through it, like a hell of a support system. And Um, also a wood shop in my garage that I started building and started getting into design and started finding myself without football. And it was when I was allowed myself to recognize that who I was truly was the moment that I was able to like use my last two years of football to like, you know, supercharge some of those values that I learned. And it's like, allowed me to stop pointing my finger at people realize why i was in pain and do something about it and it's like before that point i didn't realize that that was possible and i know there's probably people that feel like that too but like the second you stop blaming other people for where you're at even if other people are responsible for where you're at like pointing blame blaming people just ties you to the past once you stop doing that, you move forward and, like, you step into yourself. And, like, what football did for me in that regard is it, like, it showed me what it was, one, just to put your head down and work hard because you have people that are counting on you. And, two, it just, it it let me, you know, develop that mechanism for myself and, like, under, hold myself accountable. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of a crazy experience. but Yeah, dude. It really I has. No been. Reg- I have no regrets.
3: And, and now you're pursuing an architecture degree, right? Um, and you are a natural-born uh, woodworker, John the Builder. <laughs> we like to call you. <laughs> how is has how football helped helped you in that avenue? In in pursuing oh, pursuing yourself outside of football, like what did what translated mm, from football to architecture?
1: Well, just like the fact about. Like football is a mental and physical physically stressful game and like you're in these intense environments where you're, you have to be precise in an instant and in architecture i mean it's the work is fast-paced but for me like sitting at a computer like sitting down in a computer for hours on end like it's it's not at all as difficult as what we go through like out on the turf sometimes no doubt so just like after football, like, having that perspective, like, I feel like I'm able to do my work very calmly, like, relatively speaking, even even though, like, I'm pretty new at it still. I'm behind the eight ball, sort of, a lot of times in my classes, but I'm not tweaking. T-
3: uh, touch mm-hmm. on this real quick. You t- um, So, you didn't take the architecture undergrad. Right, I you was a business. R- you yeah, jumped uh, right into the architecture.
1: Yeah, I was a business major.
3: <laughs> touch on that process.
1: Well, I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, business is way different than architecture. Um, The actual skills of making drawings um, and, like, learning how to use the program. So, like, coming from business straight into the architecture master's program, like, I was just way behind. But I knew it was something I wanted to do. And so I knew that if I was the last person in the studio every day, then that means I'm catching up. Yep. And it's like that's something that I would taken directly from football where it's like if you want to get better at something, put in the time. And it's like look around you are like or, if you need to catch up, you should be putting in the most amount of time. No doubt.
4: Definitely. Definitely. Well, moving moving away uh, for you, Jojo, um, you know, we're all done with the game and obviously, you know, You're going to have a little more time in the game of football itself um but moving away from nebraska what's next for you what do you got what do you got in your near future obviously you got the surgery but what's what comes after that
3: man i'm on this pursuit of my of my childhood dream um which was to play in the nfl like when i was little uh being around the game and being around my dad with nfl clients like I, i and i never dreamt about being a college football player i understood that was part of the process but it was always about the nfl And it was about being an NFL player, being a Hall of Famer, being a Super Bowl champion. And uh, that's what I'm after. Uh, I'm after, um, you know, creating a life for myself, um, creating a a foundation, uh, you know, even financially, like kind of growing into this this role where I can not only can I influence people on the field, but now I have the resources to influence people off the field. Um, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna play football till the wheels fall off or until um, the Lord puts on my heart uh, something, a new direction. So I'm so grateful for this game. I know we all are, and it's all brought out the better sides of us. So uh, we have the game and, and the good Lord to thank for that. But I uh, appreciate you guys hopping on. This was so special. This came so naturally. I love each of
0: you, each of you guys. And
4: Love you too, buddy. Let's do it. Yeah, I love you, bro. And thank you, Sean, for having us too, man. It's
0: a beauty appreciate of a podcast. You, so appreciate oh, yeah. it. It's always good seeing you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, and, and best of luck. All you guys are doing great things. And it's, it's awesome to hear the success you guys are having outside of football. Uh, much more to come as we wrap things up here on The Beat with Jojo Doman.
2: You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
0: Final segment here of the program as you are listening here to the beach Sean Callahan uh, Jojo Doman as um, a happy show but a sad show as you heard at the top of the show uh, Jojo announced that he's having surgery Monday uh, something that he found out um, you know going into the game against um, Ohio State and had to make a decision if you wanted to play one more or not. And uh, obviously chose to to give it a shot and go one more time, um, in that game on, on Saturday, which was not an easy decision, Jojo.
3: Yeah, it wasn't. I'm glad that it, it, it happened the way that it did. And, um, yeah, I feel like I have a sense of closure. I feel like, um, if you didn't already know that, I hope you know that, man, this place means so much to me. And, uh, I'd do anything to to be able to finish this season, but I, I also I have to take care of um, myself and my health um, at this point in time, and and that yeah, even though my football career is over at Nebraska, I, I will I'm always a Nebraska Cornhusker, and I hope to be in touch with this program and to and have an influence on this place for years to come.
0: And you had an influence in it. I want to play this soundbite for me. This is Garrett Nelson after the game uh, talking about just what you've meant to him, and, and at this time we didn't know for sure. Um, that you were going to be gone, but I think a lot of people knew that that's where it was heading, especially with the, the post-game emotions.
3: Yeah, coming back
1: for sixth year and staying this long and given what he gives to this program is speaks volume to the person he is. He's one of the best guys I know personally. He's one of the best players I know in the nation. He's meant, uh, he's meant a lot to me as a leader and as a player. Taught me how to lead, taught me how to play hard, taught me a lot of things about football, about life. He's one of my first really good friends here when I came to college yeah no he's
0: he's a top tier guy and uh, he got a little emotional there and Joe I mean when I think about your path I mean you were dealt a really bad hand of cards at Nebraska over your career here and, and you've made the most out of a very bad hand of cards and I, I think a lot of young guys can learn from that because you know, a lot of guys now just pack up and leave and move on. And, I mean, move on again. And we've seen guys do that. We saw one of your teammates last year from Colorado as well transfer twice to two new schools after leaving Nebraska. You have chose to, you know, write out injuries, write out coaching changes. And, you know, I, I think it's an example for a lot of younger guys to, to follow that, you know what, stay where you're at. And, and, and it's about the school. It's not about the coaches. It's about the school.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to – I'm gonna correct you and say, I don't think it was a bad hand. Um, And that's one perspective. And I 100% could see why you draw that conclusion. But you know, for me, it's like, it's really, it was a good hand. And it was the hand I was supposed to have. And it was the hand I was supposed to play. And really that if you just keep on digging, there's a buried treasure um, down there somewhere. And you just have to find it and uh, have the perseverance and the resiliency and the intent to find it. And man, I'm just I just I'm I'm overwhelmed. I mean Garrett's comments, dude, that dude is that dude's a top tier guy. That dude's a leader. That dude embodies Nebraska. Like man. I, I'm excited to see his future and, and he's I mean he's brought out the best in me. Um he helped me lean in, like he helped me care. He helped me care about the little things. He he always grounded me and brought me back to to home base and and whenever I was you know, whenever I I had doubt or uh, second guessing or anything, like he was one of those guys I could go to that would kind of like bring me back down to earth, and be like, here's the task at hand. Like, let's just look at what's in front of us, and really grounded me. So I have the utmost respect for Garrett, and and, and the, the Nebraska football program is in good hands with a guy like that in it.
0: And I forgot to get to this. Um, as you heard, we are brought to you by Edgewater Insurance in real estate here on the beat. Uh, but our segment sponsor here is Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Pioneer is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on earth. From your f- friends at Pioneer, thank you, farmers, and, and JoJo. Um, you know, still two games left, and. I know you're not going to be a part of them, but you are going to be a part of them. You're still going to be with these guys um, trying to help guys like Isaac Gifford. I mean, what with you out of the equation and you're playing Wisconsin and Iowa, the final two weeks, you know, what would your role been in those games um, compared to maybe what it was in Ohio state?
3: Yeah, they just don't. uh, Those two teams don't do the same um, thing on offense as Ohio state does. They go more, Heavy personnel, um,
0: two to three tight ends, and
3: right, and they're and they're coming downhill, and and that's not necessarily my forte. I mean, we have guys like Garrett and, and Caleb Tanner that um, the coaches feel more comfortable with, like in the trenches um, as six techniques, and um, and then obviously feel more comfortable with me in space and. Yeah, just like with a bum hand in those games, um, I don't know if I'd have the impact that I'd like to have. Cause you got
0: when you play those games the way Wisconsin's running the ball, especially you got to be able to tackle and have full usage of your hands. Otherwise, you're probably hurting Nebraska in that situation. Yeah, and that's something that
3: I I mean that that crossed my mind too. Is like the last thing I want to do is go out there and be a liability. The last thing I want to do that is go out versus Ohio State and not ball out. And, and leave on, on shitty terms for myself. I, mean,
0: I think about Tommy Armstrong. He tried to play that game against Iowa your first year at Nebraska, and, and he had the shredded hamstring. Riker, right. Riker Fife had gotten hurt the week before. Otherwise, Riker would have started the Iowa game. And you go to Iowa City, and Tommy was still hurt, and he tried to hero it out, and it went. It was a disaster. And ultimately probably led to the firing of Mark Banker and kind of changing that entire uh, off season.
3: Yeah, I was very cognizant of that fact and, and – and I just had to put all my eggs in the basket of belief. Um, and yeah, those thoughts crossed my mind that, that, a uh, doubt definitely crossed my mind. Like I could go out there and get torched versus the number one offense in the country. Cause I'm not at a hundred percent. But like I said, I just believed in myself and, and kind of had that moment before the game where I kind of just empowered my body to do everything that it needs to do to be a football player. Like my mind, my body will do whatever my mind tells it to. And the result was what it was.
0: And what, what, uh, to recap again, what is the surgery you're having? What is the specific injury?
3: Yeah. So I tore the extensor, uh, ligament in my hand, um, that, that kind of keeps the tendon on your middle finger in place. So that sagittal band that goes over the knuckle. So I tore that. So my, my finger dislocates to one side. And if I keep, basically if I keep playing, I, I assume the risk that I could tear that tendon instead of just the ligament that's torn, I could tear the tendon and and that would have to result in a hand reconstruction, which then would not be a
0: good situation. And you could have done that on Saturday. Yeah, Yeah. it was was low risk, but it is potential, yeah. And so that's something obviously you gotta think about because you're not a spring chicken. You're 24 years old and one major setback could be it for your whole football career.
3: Yeah, that was all, yeah. You're right, and I, I had to digest that, and I had to come to terms with that. And, you know, I had faith in in God, and I had faith in myself that, you know, he's he has what's best for me, and that if I pursue um, what's best for me, then then that's all there is out there for me. And I just didn't. I tried really consciously to not allow that negative, that dark energy, to consume my mind.
0: Well, Jojo, um, I know everybody. Um is just grateful that they got a chance to watch it play here at Nebraska the last six years, and I think appreciative of of the effort you've put forward. And and we still have three more shows left to go. So this is not the end of the Beat podcast. You're still going to be around, um, and we got three more shows to go here um, to close up this uh, football season. But this has obviously been a lot of fun and, and not the kind of show we wanted to do today, but um, life is life, and uh, we're, we're, we're moving through this. It is what it is, and we made the most of it. All right. Well, we will be back with a bi-week show as well um, to to recap things in uh, Nebraska. Two games left to go. Uh, They'll be at Wisconsin on November 20th and then Black Friday here in Lincoln to close out the year against Iowa.
1: Thanks for listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.